Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We would love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit our website at www.lifechurchofrichmond.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. God, we praise your name. 
Hallelujah. The bridge of this song says if you believe it, if you receive it, if you feel it, somebody testify. I think it's time today that we join together and we praise the name of God for who he is. It's in these times of unification when we come together to worship our God together and praise his name. Hallelujah. So let's lift up the name together. We can lift our hands all across this house today and praise his name. God, we worship you. God, we praise you. God, I thank you for chains broken in this place today. God, I pray, God, in this time of committed, God, that our church would come together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Asking our ushers to come this morning, take up our tithe and offering. And we, without using the word, we've been singing about God's faithfulness this morning. I'm so glad that he's faithful, aren't you? Praise God. I got the news yesterday, and I don't say this for me, but a friend of mine that was part of my youth group that uh, had a lot of time with him, instrumental, guy took me to church uh, on several occasions healthy as far as we knew at 50 years old had a heart attack and passed away yesterday and uh you know there's that 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 shock and this in the sad moment i can remember tom as a wild young man uh not really serving the lord but going to church but you know people stuck with him and he stuck with it and he was a good faithful man faithful husband and uh and even though we're sad today as far as those of us that are 
especially his immediate family. I know I'm confident today that he's with the Lord and we, and we celebrate that. And when you're faithful, amen, you can celebrate that. You don't have to worry about what's coming and every, while we don't earn anything with the Lord, but he, he, he challenges us to be faithful. Amen. Let's be faithful in our giving today, faithful in all that you do, because, you know, this life is what it is. It is this life. But praise the Lord, we're, we're headed for a city whose builder and maker is God. Amen. And let's not forget that today, but let's invest in that today as, as we give. Lord, thank you for your goodness today. God, we just want to bless you and your kingdom and Lord, we know that you own everything, but you challenge us to give and to and put our faith and trust in you. And we do that today, willingly today. And we ask that you would bless every gift, every tither, uh, every giver. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you as you give. Let me draw your attention to the announcements. Pavey. I'm the executive pastor here at Life Church. Thank you for joining us today. Here's what's happening at Life Church. As you all are aware, our 30 days of renewal, uh, better known as Committed, is continuing. Please join us for Committed Prayer this coming Wednesday and on Sunday for the continuation of Pastor Thompson's series, Committed. Uh, during this time of renewal, consider joining our 30-day social media fast, perhaps the 30-day New Testament challenge, or even joining us for 21 days of uh, prayer and fasting. However you do it, we're excited to have you a part of this. It's a great time to get committed to doing what God wants you to do in this new year. Speaking of committed, we're still in need of partners and missions for 2019. If you'd like to support our Christian brothers and sisters, either globally or here at home, you can register in the lobby following service today. If you'd like your own box of giving envelopes, you can pick those up in the lobby today as well. Registration is in full swing for our winter spring life groups. You can register online at www.liferva.org or you'll be able to see someone in the lobby today who'll help you with your online registration. We have 28 different groups being offered. We hope you'll find the one that best suits you. Life is so much better together when we're in groups. Discover 401 uh, takes place next Sunday. It's a great time to jump into our growth track. If you're interested in knowing more about Life Church or want to become a member or how you can get involved here, 10 a.m. next Sunday morning is a great time for you to learn. February 3rd is one of the most exciting days each year here at Life Church. Uh, it's what we call Jersey Sunday. It's a great time to come out, wear your team's jersey, support whatever team you like, understanding that we're here together to be the dream team that God's equipped us to be. So God bless you. We're looking forward to a great day on Jersey Sunday. I know that's been a lot of information, but check out the Welcome Center if you have more questions about any of the things that are happening here. You can also contact us in the church office and we'll get you the information that you need so that you can be involved in the events that are happening here at Life Church. I just personally want to let you all know today, today's my first day back in over a month, and I'm really excited to be here. Um, we are so thankful for all of the help that you provided us during the time when I've been out with my surgery. Uh, I can't say thank you enough for your prayers, your text messages, your cards, your, your emails checking on me, the times that people stopped by in the middle of the day just to uh, spend some time with me when I was by myself, uh, the food, the meals that were brought. I can't say thanks enough for all of the care that you provided me during this time. It's been a real godsend to have a great church like you all uh, supporting me during this period. 
And so I just want to say thank you. Also, thank you for listening today. Uh, this is an important time in our service. Uh, it's been four and a half weeks since I've heard Pastor Thompson preach. And so I'm looking forward to hearing the preached word today. I want to encourage you to stand. Let's worship one more time together. And we're going to prepare our hearts and our minds to be ready for what God wants to do in this service today. God bless you. Let's have an awesome day here at Light Church. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing one more song and worship God before our great pastor comes. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to sing an old hymn that we turn into a choir song. It's called Jesus Paid It All. Hallelujah. I hear the Savior say, Sing it again. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thy all in all. Jesus, Jesus paid it First verse, let's do it again, right here. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thy all in all. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. again. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has wrapped us. Crimson stain. He washed. Come on, no music, no music. Sing it again. Jesus paid it all. All to He washed it white as snow. Thank you, Jesus. You paid it all, Lord. You paid it all, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. Hallelujah. You're so good, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship him one more time. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. You're so good, Jesus. God, we can't do anything without you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, you are great and mighty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Before you're seated, why don't you turn around, shake hands with your neighbor. Tell him it's good to see him in church today. Amen. And if you're not glad to see him, just pretend like you are. Anybody have to take a rowboat to church today? No, okay, good. My house is about one good rainstorm away from needing an ark <laughs> to get back and forth. It's good to see everybody. Before I jump into today's message, let me just highlight a couple of important uh, announcements in case you missed them. Uh, first of all, this isn't an important announcement, but we have some wristbands out in the lobby at the Welcome Center uh, with our theme for the year, Committed. And then pray first. Pick some of those up if you'd like to grab one of these on your way out. Uh, Of course, they're free. Just grab one, two, three, however many you need. Now I'm going to put mine back on so I don't lose it. Um, Also, we've got some free dining room tables and chairs from the Bass Pro Shop restaurant. Uh, They closed their restaurant down. We have access to those. And uh, it's on a first-come, first-served basis. So if you'll go out to the lobby after service and see Joe Hardy. Joe, raise your hand. But Joe will be at one of the tables out there. You can see Joe Hardy for details. And uh, we'd like to bless somebody. If you need a table and chairs, here's your chance. Amen. Uh, life groups. Huh? Oh, they're remodeling. Okay, I thought they closed the restaurant. <laughs> they're remodeling. So uh, still, you get the tables and the chairs. Uh, life group signups are underway. Uh, Pastor Pavey mentioned those in the uh, announcements. Please don't miss a chance to connect in life groups. It's so important that if you consider this your church home, that you find a group that you can connect to and be a part of. Also, the giving envelopes are out there. And then last thing, we still need some additional mission supporters for 2019. And you can become a partner by stopping by in the lobby and signing up. If you'll put that PIM, uh, the little PowerPoint. We still need some world missions partners. Uh, If you could stop by after service, Mike and Valida Patterson, missionaries to Romania, Bulgaria, and Hungary. The Turner family that are missionaries to Estonia. The Walmer family that are missionaries to Uruguay and Brazil. Also, Mother's Memorial. We need uh, some missionaries. This is an offering that goes to buy appliances for the missionaries' wives and their families so that they can have washing machines, refrigerators when they're overseas. If you'd like to help make that happen. Christmas for Christ. We still need two partners. This actually goes to help start churches here in North America. Uh, How many know we need some missionaries in the United States? Amen. So if you'd like to be a part of that, and then, of course, our last missions need, our Dominican Republic missions trip. 
We're purchasing water filtration systems that goes in people's homes. If you would like to help uh, do that, this is a missions commitment of $25 per month for any of these missionary endeavors. Uh, this will be the last Sunday that we mention it, so please come by at the table. If you don't have a, a, a missions commitment for this year, I just want to challenge you. There's no better dollars that you give than when you give to something that doesn't benefit you directly and it benefits the kingdom. Amen. I'm not talking about your tithes. I'm not even talking about your offerings into your local church. But when you support a cause uh, that's outside of this local body, I think the Lord takes note of that. Amen. So uh, it's good to see everyone today. Two weeks ago on the first Sunday. My app. Oh, well. That just means I'm going to preach a long time today. Amen. Two weeks ago on the first Sunday of the year. Uh, before we got snowed out last week, we launched a new sermon series to kick off our new year called Committed. And the message that I preached to kick off our new year uh, two weeks ago was Committed to a New Start. And if you weren't here, you can listen to any or all of our sermons online at the website or on the Bulletin Plus app. In that message, I talked about some of the commitments that you need to make in order to make a new start. You got to be committed to forgetting you got to be committed to a purpose. You have to be committed to a plan. And you must be committed to passion. We also launched a 30-day church-wide initiative called Committed 30 Days of Renewal. During the 30 days between January 6th and February 4th, we were emphasizing four different things that you could be a part of. First was the 21-day Daniel Fast, which ran from January 6th to January 26th. There are Daniel Fast guidelines available in the lobby that can assist you. There's one more week left in this fast, so if you did not participate yet, you've still got a week to join the rest of us if you've not already done so. We also did a 30-day New Testament challenge. This was the first time we've ever done this. We've challenged this church to read the New Testament in just 30 days. Now, just out of curiosity, you might not have done it yet. You might be behind. How many of you are at least trying to be a part of that 30-day challenge? Oh, good. Look, I see a lot of hands up in the auditorium. How amazing would it be to read the New Testament in 30 days or even 60 days or even 90 days? So you can still get a chart if you didn't start Pick one up at the Welcome Center, uh, the Information Center in the lobby. You can get one of those, and it'll show you how to read it in 30 days. We also have done 30 days of focused prayer. We've had 30 days of focused prayer, and we've been covering a different prayer point every day. Today is day 15 of those 30 days. Again, you can pick up the chart at the Welcome Center. I heard that some people have been using these as uh, family devotions and as couples devotions, taking a point each day. I think that's a great idea. You can be a part of that. Also, during this time of focused prayer, we've had four weeks of special prayer meetings on Wednesday nights for the adults and a separate gathering for the children upstairs. Now, let me just be the pastor. I'm going to do like an old pastor would do. I'm going to slide my glasses down in the end of my nose. I'm going to go like this. I'm going to say, where have y'all been? Thank you. There's a few gratuitous. Let me try. Where have y'all been? Life Church members, where have you been? See, everybody wants a preacher. Nobody wants a pastor. Let, let me be a pastor for a minute. Where have you been? We got one more Wednesday night. This Wednesday night from 7 to 8. Join us for focused prayer. We're trying to kick off the year in a spiritual mode. 
So you've got another opportunity to join us this Wednesday night from 7 to 8. See, some of y'all already mad. Come on. Thank you. And we've also done a 30-day social media fast. Many of us are taking a break from all social media that's not work-related, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. The break has been refreshing, and it's been nice uh, for any of you to feel some relief from being glued to your phones. It's also created more time to read the New Testament. Amen. So today is our second message in our series called Committed. And before I start preaching, where's he at? I'm looking for Preston Brown. Stand up, Preston. Oh, good, he wore his uniform. Come up here. I'm going to embarrass you. Come here. I, I sent a message. I wanted him to wear his dress uniform. One of our very own is home from boot camp. Why don't you give him a big hand of applause? Now, now I've, I've never done this before, never done this before, and I just feel led to do it. Why don't you, if you feel led after service, you might want to stick around a couple minutes. If you feel led after service, I don't know what they pay these guys, but I don't think they pay them a whole lot. Just starting off, if you feel led, why don't you press a $10 bill or a 20 or something in his hand before he leaves, tell him we appreciate you and appreciate all you do, okay? I heard... Also heard through the grapevine that out of how many was in your class, 400 and what? 480, that he was the number one marksman out of 480 people. So, I don't recommend that you pick his pocket after somebody gives him some cash. Go ahead. All right. Now, for all of you who are keeping time, my time starts now. My sermon today is Where Commitment Begins. Where Commitment Begins. See, commitment is a big word with far-reaching consequences. You have no doubt heard it before. Uh, I've got a favorite illustration I always like to share when I'm talking about commitment. There was a chicken and a pig who were walking past the church sign one day and they saw the sermon topic on the marquee. And it said, what can you do to help the poor? So the chicken and the pig kind of put their heads together, and the chicken suggested, why don't we feed them a bacon and egg breakfast? Well, the pig kind of looked at the chicken, and he thought about it for a minute. He said, well, there's only one thing wrong with feeding them bacon and eggs to the poor. For you, it only requires a contribution. But for me, it requires total commitment. (laughs) See, the chicken could get marginally involved in this breakfast because all he had to do was give an egg. But the pig had to be totally committed because I don't care if it's ham, bacon, or sausage, it was going to cost him something precious. The word commitment comes from the root word commit, which means to imprison. Also, it means to connect or to entrust or to send with. See, commitment is a word that is full of big promises for those who take it seriously. It's just one quality among many, but what a quality it is. We see commitment all around us. We see it in everyday facets of life, and maybe even more than we realize, we all have to make commitments at different measures. When you buy that house or that car, 
and you feel like you're signing your life away, you really are making a commitment to that lender that you're going to pay them back. And if you don't, you acknowledge that there's going to be consequences for not keeping that commitment. It could be repossession. It could be foreclosure. That commitment carries blessings and consequences. When you said I do to your spouse, you made a commitment that said we're going to stick together through the good times and the bad. And that word commitment lived out is what determines if a marriage survives or if it ends up in divorce. Now, I'm not going to preach about marriage, but let me just summarize this. Every divorce that has ever happened occurred because somebody didn't live up to a commitment. We make commitments on the job. You have to make, I have a commitment that if you're going to keep your job, your employer wants and expects somebody that they can depend on. All goals, all dreams, all ideas, any hopes in this world fades away without the vital ingredient called commitment. Look at any story of success and accomplishment, and commitment is one of the elements that turns up again and again and again. There's many roads to success and happiness, but none will get you there if you don't take commitment along as your walking stick. But unfortunately, we all recognize that not everyone is willing to make the commitments necessary for the important things in life. And it's not always because we're irresponsible. In some cases, people have been hurt. They've been disappointed. They've become discouraged. Sometimes they've gone through painful or frustrating experiences that they've encountered in life that has set them back. Sometimes maybe they failed in business or maybe they've had a failure in their personal lives and they've chosen instead to take the safe route because they don't want to get hurt again. And can I just say, unless you've been there, it's really not fair to judge people who've been there and have experienced that kind of pain because you really don't know what somebody is going through until you've walked in their shoes. Some people have had failed relationships and they're scared because they don't want to be hurt or they don't want to experience pain again in their life. But I've observed in my own life that a sure step on the road to either failure or at least minimal complacency is the loss of the ability to make a firm and a lasting commitment. Most business failures, many church failures, many marriage failures happen not because of a lack of skill or lack of talent. Sometimes it's not even a lack of energy. Some people work and work, but they just seem to be spinning their wheels. But often the vital ingredient is total commitment to the cause and then giving that commitment to the work of God. So where does commitment begin today for you and I as believers? Well, it depends on what we're talking about being committed to. So I could tell you, if I was talking about money management today, and I will at some point in this series, I would give you some tools that will help you with making that commitment. If I were talking about serving on a dream team or serving in your community, I would give you some different tools or advice on how to assist you in that commitment. If I was talking today about dating or marriage, I would give you some different suggestions to help strengthen your relationship and strengthen those commitments. But today, since I am a preacher, first and foremost, I want to address the most important commitment of all before I touch on any of those other things. Where does commitment begin when it comes to my eternal soul and my purpose? 
See, because it really doesn't do any good if you're a great money manager, if you've got a great marriage, if you've got a great business, if you live in a nice home and drive a nice car. It really doesn't matter if you're well-respected in society. None of those things matter unless you've got it right in here first. Amen. So, let's go to the book of Genesis where commitment begins. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Here's your text. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the beginning, the Bible says, the earth was formless and it was empty. Isn't it great how most great things always start with nothing? But the Bible says in the midst of all that darkness, in the midst of all that emptiness, the Spirit of God was hovering over that. In this verse, God is allowing us a sneak peek into the embryonic stages of the birth of planet Earth. We see how he started it all, and he started it all with there was no pre-existent matter that he started it with. There was no chemistry set that he purchased off of Amazon to start his work. There was no dirt and steel and grass and trees that the master gathered together and used. The Bible says it was emptiness. He spoke the waters into existence. And then, now that there was water, he spoke the fish into existence. But before the fish, there had to be water. And before the water, there had to be nothing. He spoke the earth into existence, and from the earth, he scooped out a clump of dust, and he created a man. And he spoke the man into existence and created him, and then from the man, he created a woman. You see, every great thing has at its beginning, including your life or your lifestyle of commitment, every great thing usually begins with a blank slate. Begins with a blank slate. God's greatest work began in Genesis when he was hovering over nothing. Think about that. And let me give you a secret here today. God's greatest work is still done when he is hovering around a clean slate and a blank canvas that is ready for something new to happen. Hallelujah. Our theme for these 30 days is committed to renewal. Some of us, we want to see the mountains and the blue waters and the beautiful sunrises on my way to church today. Robin and I, we haven't seen one of these in a long time around here. We caught a glimpse of a rainbow over by where we live, and it was so beautiful. And, you know, a lot of times you want to see those things because you feel like you're stuck in darkness. But let me remind you that that is where God's greatest work begins. And I want to tell some of you here today that God is already hovering over your situation. See, all you see is darkness. He's there. All you see is without form and nothing. He's there. He's hovering over that, amen. Tell your neighbor, you can't see him, but he's there. Come on. He's waiting for some of us to go back to nothing, to go back to formless and empty to get rid of all the junk that is clogging up our minds and our spirits and our hearts so that he can start a brand new work of renewal in our lives. Come on, some of you, God wants to do something new, but what he wants you to do is wipe the slate clean and say, Lord, I'm ready to start all over again. Hear me, there is life after death. 
There is joy after sorrow. There is hope after failure. So where does commitment begin? It begins with nothingness and it begins with brokenness. As painful as it is, sometimes the renewal that we seek comes from fresh commitments that must begin with the death of my personal agenda, the death of my selfish goals. Sometimes it means the death of my dreams and my plans. Can I tell you something? You want to make God laugh? Tell God what your plans are for your life and how you already know how you're going to get there. You want to make God chuckle? Show him your 10-year plan that doesn't include him navigating your path. You want to make God cross his arms and go, yeah, that really looks nice, but that's not how it's going to work out. You see, so often God has other plans for us, and we think that something that is a disaster, we think when something goes wrong, we think it's a disaster or God's forsaken us. But you know what it really is? If you love the Lord and you're seeking and serving him, sometimes it's God saying, I did not ordain that. Or sometimes God is saying, I only ordained that for a season. We thought it was going to be there forever. God says, no, that was never part of my plan. We thought it was going to be there because we like the idea of it. God says, no, 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 I never really put that in your path. You kind of just went that way. Hear me, there is life after death and there is blessed renewal that comes from brokenness. That is where commitment begins. John chapter 12 and verse 24 says this, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. I want to read that same verse now from the New Living Translation. I love the way it says it. It says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But look at this. But its death will produce many new kernels. A plentiful harvest of new lives. You see, God doesn't need your perfection. He doesn't really need your plan or your agenda or your how-to. God doesn't even always uh, need something to work with. Sometimes God just needs nothing to work with. Sometimes what God needs is for us to lay it all out and say, you know what, Lord, here it is. Without you, I'm nothing. Without you, I can't do anything. Without your direction, God, it's all just going to be uh, be a waste of time. Renewal is waiting to break out in some of your lives today, this year. But you need to get back to what Genesis described as without form and void. I'm talking in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you need to hear me today. you got to let God hover over you again. Sometimes old things must die. Sometimes the old wineskin must give way to the new wineskin. Sometimes your old dream must be replaced with a new one. Sometimes you've got to understand that in order for me to go forward, I've got to step back and I've got to reevaluate and I've got to let God just break me down once again. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel resurrection power in this house. I feel renewal power in this house. Why don't somebody lift their hands right now and begin to worship the Lord with me? Come on, worship with me right now. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not just going to preach. We're not going to patty cake for Jesus through this year, amen. I want God to do a brand new work in life, church. I want God to do a brand new work in your life. I want God to do a brand new work in my life. Let's bless him. 
Hallelujah. 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 Come on. I, I know you might feel uncomfortable. Come on. We're going to press through this thing. God, I want you to do a new work in me. God, I want you to wipe my slate clean of all the junk, the impurities, the undesirable qualities, God. God, I want you to get rid of the hate and the lust and the greed. God, I want you to wipe my slate clean so you can do a new work in my life. Come on, I need some intercessors. Get a hold of God with me right now. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Commitment begins with brokenness. Commitment begins with repentance. Commitment begins at the altar. Commitment remains at an altar. Commitment is part of a daily ritual where Paul said, I die daily. In the human body, red blood cells live for about four months. Then they die and they must replace themselves. White blood cells live on average more than a year. Skin cells live only about two or three weeks and they die and then they replace themselves. With the exception of our brain cells, which typically last an entire lifetime, our bodies are constantly dying in order to be renewed. Just as a snake must shed its skin, new life often comes from the leaving behind of old things. And some of us snakes need to shed our skin. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm just preaching the truth right now. You know I'm telling the truth. Here's my entire sermon in one sentence. Are you ready? Commitment to the right things begins by dying out to the wrong things. You can write it down and go home. That's all I've got to say. Commitment to the right things has got to begin by dying out to the old things, the wrong things. I know dying doesn't sound very exciting. I'm not talking about literal dying in this life and going on to eternity. I'm talking about your flesh, your carnality, your pride, your personal agendas. Dying. Why do you think we start the new year with a 21-day fast? We got to die. Why are we trying to read our New Testament? Because we're trying to fill our lives with the word of God and push out some of this other junk. There's got to be a dying, a humbling a brokenness. You might say, well, I feel like I'm already broken. What is God waiting on for my renewal? But please understand, don't miss this. Just because your circumstances are broken or your plan is broken does not mean that you are broken. Just because your stuff hasn't worked out doesn't mean you're there yet. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm talking from personal experience. I can say this with authority. Just because stuff ain't going the way you thought they would or you wish they would, that doesn't mean you're ready yet. That doesn't mean you're broken yet. That doesn't mean you're where David was when he said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Bad circumstances do not automatically mean you have a broken life. Sometimes things have to die in order for new things to live. Matthew 16, 24 says this. Then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross 
and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Go back, put 24 back up on the screen for me. I want you to notice, unfortunately, a lot of Christians stop here. If any man will come after me, stop. I confess you, Lord. I accept you into my life. I receive your spirit into my life. I've repented. I've been baptized. I've invited you in, God. I joined a dream team. I've, I've, but he says, don't forget you got to deny yourself. Don't forget you got to take up your cross. Don't forget you got to follow me. You know why he said you got to follow me? Because we all follow something. We're following this world. We're following our own agendas. We're following our own flesh. Some of us are following people. We're all followers. The question is, what are you following? Or more importantly, who are you following? See, sometimes you got to lose some things before you can find some things. It begins by breaking up the fallow grounds of your heart and dying. See, that's why fasting and prayer and spending more time in the world, that's why it's so important. Flesh has got to die. Carnality has got to die. Lust has got to die. Come on, selfishness has got to die. I'm talking to life church today. Pride has got to die. Ego has got to die. Sin has got to die. Religious spirit has got to die. Self-will has got to die. Hypocrisy has got to die. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody that doesn't just want to go to church? You want to have church happening in your life? The way to the top in the kingdom it's by going to the bottom. We must die. And you cannot die until you're broken. And the problem with most of Christianity today is that far too many people are not broken. And we are perfectly content to be that way. We do need it, Kevin. Well, I'm broken. No, you're not. You're still bitter at somebody from your past. I'm broken. No, you're not. You still have not forgiven them, even though they've asked you to forgive them. I'm broken. No, you're not. You're still or mad at your last church for what happened. And you're just going to have to recognize maybe they messed up. Maybe they did it wrong. You're going to have to forgive them and put it behind you so you can move forward. I am broken. No, you're not. You still have these issues in your life that you're not willing to lay down on the altar. I'm not saying you got to get it right. But I'm saying you do got to lay it down and try to let it die. You got to be willing to fight the battle. A life with no brokenness, with no surrender, with no real tenderness is a life that God would never really be able to use like he would like to. If God is talking to you about something in your life and time after time after time, we refuse to deal with it. We refuse to acknowledge it. We refuse to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Hear me. You are not broken. I'm talking to me too. We've got to be real with Jesus. Because you're missing out on the favor and blessing of God by not living a broken and a submitted life. For some of us, renewal comes after we are willing to die or we're willing to bury what's dead. Have you ever been to a funeral? All of us have been to funerals. Have you ever been to a funeral here in the United States? They bury the casket and they put it six feet in the ground. They don't just leave the dead things laying around. They put it in the ground and they cover it up. 
Some of us have got to do that in our lives. We've got to put some stuff in the altar. We've got to put six feet of dirt on it. We've got to cover it up and say, I cannot come back to this anymore. What do I mean by being broken? Broken or brokenness literally means in the Hebrew language, hear me, to splinter into pieces. It's not appealing for us to think of our lives in those terms. That's exactly where God wants us to live, in a perpetual state of brokenness. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Notice, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices you desire, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. Look at this. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. Broken and repentant. You know, another word that is used in some versions of the Bible in that verse is contrite. The word contrite has a little bit different meaning than brokenness. It means to be crushed. And guess where God dwells? Guess who God hangs out with? Isaiah 57, 15. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity. The holy one says this. I live in the high and holy place. Look who he lives with. With those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and I revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. See, God's kingdom is such an oxymoron. The way up is down. The way to greatness is through humility. The way to blessing is through brokenness. The way to restoration is through repentance. He said, I revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. Martin Luther once wrote this, and I quote, he said, never are men more unfit than when they think themselves most fit and best prepared for their duty. Men are never more fit than when most humbled and shamed under a sense of their unfitness. He said you're never more fit than when you feel unfit, and you're never less fit than when you feel like you're ready. See, brokenness means I've got to completely rely on him. You and I are not broken if everything we have does not belong to him. You are not broken if you do not submit your life to God in all matters of life. You and I are not broken if you feel pride and dominion over other people. Come on, somebody. You have not yet died if you cannot submit to authority in your life, whether it be secular or spiritual. You have not yet died if you cannot walk in obedience to God and his word. You say, Pastor, you're preaching awful hard this morning. We need more of this in our life. We've got to understand that you cannot live for God unless you're willing to die on an altar. You've not yet died if your will and your lifestyle run counter to God's will and his plan. Whether it's your finances or your home or your relationships. Let me share with you, and I'm almost done. Let me share with you one quick example from the Bible of brokenness. John chapter 12, verse 1. I'll give you a minute to find it if you're using your Bible. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Verse 2, a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those 
who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Let me just stop right here. There's always going to be a Judas to condemn your brokenness. There's always some Judas hanging around the corner who doesn't appreciate your sacrifice, doesn't appreciate your life, doesn't appreciate your submission, doesn't appreciate your worship. You know what? Forget about Judas. We're here to worship Jesus, not Judas. Don't let anybody ever ridicule your worship. Don't let anybody ever ridicule your sacrifice or your submission or your holiness or your righteousness or your walk with God. Verse 6, not that he cared for the poor, talking about Judas, because he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. John 12, 1 through 8, records a story about Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Mary did something very extravagant in her worship that day. She took a bottle of very expensive fragrant oil and she broke it. And she anointed the feet of Jesus with it. Now, the pure nard that the Bible is referring to in this story, it was fragrant oil that was prepared from uh, roots and stems of an aromatic herb that came from northern India. It was a very expensive perfume. It was imported in sealed alabaster boxes or flasks, and they were opened only on very special occasions. Mary's lavish gift was expressing her love and her thanks to Jesus, not only for raising Lazarus uh, to life, but I believe for who he was. And the house, the Bible says, was filled with the fragrance of her worship. By the way, why don't you let your worship just fill this house? Why don't you let others benefit from the fragrance of your praise? Well, nobody else is praising the Lord. That's all right. You just let your fragrance go right on up to Jesus. Hallelujah. She was criticized for her devotion by the traitor, Judas. But Jesus said, leave her alone. See, Mary recognized that death was coming. And with that death, restoration and renewal were also coming. Someone once said, I don't know who said it, but it said it takes the crushing to bring out the fragrance of the rose. I've got some spearmint that's growing at our house in one of our flower beds. We planted it years ago. And let me just tell you something. If you don't have a green thumb, plant some spearmint. It will bless you. Because I don't care what you do. You ain't going to kill it. You ain't going to get rid of it. It will come back year after year. It will boost your confidence. And I was outside yesterday, and that spearmint's already going crazy. It's like it's springtime. And so you know what I did? I went over there, and I picked some of it, and I smelled it. And then I took it, and I just squeezed it in my hand, and I crushed it. And then I held it up to my nose, and I just went, and it smelled so good. It made me think of springtime. Made me think of Hanover tomatoes. Made me think of lemonade made me think of Cancun. (laughs) 
made me think of everything except my rainy, cold yard. But you know what? When I crushed that spearmint, it was like, the fragrance was there. The brokenness released the oil. See, because when a vessel's broken, only then can its contents invade the atmosphere around it. See, we want to be used by God. You love Jesus or you would not be here. You'd be at home making your cheese dip and getting ready for the Chiefs to beat the Patriots. Oh, oh, can I get a witness? Because you know my Cowboys ain't doing nothing but watching TV today. But see, you're here because there's a measure somewhere. And I don't know the depth of it, but in your life, you want Jesus to make a difference in you. And you want to make a difference in this world. And you know what you got to do? You need to crush the spearmint. God, here's my life. I want you to use me. Robin, I want you to come on up. Gentlemen. Jesus declared in Luke, go ahead, you can play it. Luke 9, 24, whoever will lose, save his life shall lose it. Whoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. I want you to know your renewal is waiting here today if you're willing to let God break your life. I want you to worship with my wife.
I want you to stand with me all over this house. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. I feel such a sweet spirit of the Lord. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord. We've come to the point in our service, go ahead and play, gentlemen, where I believe God is calling us to break up fallow ground. 
and seek his face. Pastor, what's fallow ground? Fallow ground is ground that has once been tilled and productive and it's gotten hard and now it just lies unproductive. It's ground that needs to be broken and made soft and pliable again so that seed can be planted and so that harvest can come. See, hear me, don't miss this. You're not bad ground. You might just be fallow ground. Good ground that needs to be broken. Good ground that needs to be tilled. Good ground that needs the blade of conviction to flow through your life. Good ground that needs the fruit of repentance. Good ground that says, God, I want you to invade my life all over again. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm telling you what I feel right now in the Holy Ghost. This is a pivotal moment for some of you here today. You love Jesus, but it's time to really let him in. It's time to really let him in. It's time to really begin a life of commitment that begins with brokenness and allowing God to stir things up and make you who he's called you to be. Some of you are bound by addictions. God wants to set you free today. Some of you are bound by just pain and you're being held hostage by things that you just need to let go. And I'm going to open this altar right now. And as the praise team gets ready to sing, I'm going to invite you to come. Step out from where you are. This is only the second Sunday service of this new year. Let this year be the year that's different for you. Step out and say, God, I need you to just change me. You might be very religious. You know what? God might need to bring you down a couple notches and say, God, get rid of this hypocrisy. Get rid of the Pharisee spirit in me. Help me, God, not to be proud of who I am. God, help me to be humble and broken before you. Some of you, maybe you're just serving God around the peripheral. Maybe you're not a believer at all. Today would be a great day to walk down here and say, God, I forgive. I, I, I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to come into my life and begin a brand new work. Begin something new in me. Please don't miss this opportunity. The altar's where we break up the ground. This right here is where we break up the ground. Where we break up the ground. Come on, some of you, you need to forgive some people. You need to let some things go. Break up that ground. Some of you, you just need to say, Lord, I'm ready for you to start a brand new work in me. I'm ready to wipe the slate clean. Break up the ground. That's it. Break up the ground. Go ahead, Preston. I want commitment to begin anew in my life. Withholding nothing. That's it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time. I surrender all to you. Come on, that's it. Just do it. God, I surrender. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding Withholding nothing, that's it, yes. I surrender all to you. Everything, everything 
today, Lord. And I thank you, God, for the work that you've begun here today, Lord. I, I know we're not there yet, but Lord, we ask you, starting today, God, I want you to break up everything in our lives that needs to be broken, God. God, I want you to burn out everything that's impure. God, I want you to destroy everything that doesn't build you up in my life. God, I ask you right now, let this church, God, let the believers that are in this church, God, let us serve you with our whole heart, Lord. God, I pray that we would not allow anything to hinder us from being fully and completely devoted to you, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this congregation, that we would be a light in our community. God, that we would be real followers of you. Lord, that we would be fully committed followers of you. Lord, that each and every day I would die if I need to die. I would pray whatever I need to pray. God, I pray that the altar would be alive in my life and in the life of this church. Help us to never lose our ability to pray and consecrate and repent. Lord, let a spirit of brokenness prevail in our lives. And let us walk in the joy that comes from that submitted life. We thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Help me pray. Would you help me pray? God's began a good work today, but I'm going to tell you, he's not done. He's not through. Amen. Let's pray the Lord will do what he wants to do in our lives. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. I hope to see many, many more of you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock for our last committed prayer meeting, and then next Sunday at church. Have a great day in the house of the Lord. Amen.